dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Hey, Larry here, Acts 29 today, coming to you from somewhere in the sunny world. And I'd like to welcome everyone today to this edition of Acts 29 Today. So today we're going to talk about a few things that uh, I just kind of became... Didn't really just become aware of this morning, but uh, it was just kind of a kind of a little bit of a wake-up call, I guess. I don't know. I'm a pilot, and so I listen to some aviation stuff from a few people, and. Uh, and I'm a believer, so I'm very tuned in to uh, the church that we are. And so this story had some of both. There was a jet crashed, a Learjet, a private jet, had seven prosperity pirates on board. And uh, it ended up that it's probably going to be a murder-suicide type of thing. And uh, the jet went straight down into a lake in Tennessee. And then on the fake church side of this was, uh, this place was called the Remnant Fellowship Church. I think it's in, I don't know, around Memphis or somewhere. Anyway, it's a typical prosperity pirate deal. These were more wannabes than the captains of the prosperity ship. But, you know, they came up with a scam and were making lots of money. And this lady that was in charge of it, you know, she was a real thin lady. And so she had this scam about weight loss and she added it into to the Christianese language and uh, you know it was a typical cult scam thing with a lot of control and manipulation of families and people and you know just a very very sick sick sad story that ends up like all of this stuff that's born of the flesh ends up in death and destruction and people's lives being ruined and destroyed and and on and on, and so it just kind of left me with a just this emptiness of, you know, God, this stuff just doesn't have to happen. You know, it is so preventable. But, to, you know, it's, it's just disturbing stuff that doesn't need to happen all over the love of money the love of money, the root of all evil. And if that root 
isn't taken out of our lives, it not only can, but it will destroy us somewhere along the line. And as long as we're on the subject of money, uh, please don't send me any money. Please, please, don't send me any money. I have plenty of money to do what God's called me to do. So thank you for not sending any money. I just wanted to get that cleared up right off the bat here, you know, because I, I don't travel in a private jet, and I don't live in a mansion on earth, and I don't drive a Lamborghini. So that's why I don't need your money. Um, but if I did want your money, you know what? It would be the easiest thing on earth for me to do to get your money. <laughs> it would be the easiest thing on earth because Christians are very gullible people. And they believe what they see and what they hear. And especially living overseas from America and another country, uh, you know, and speaking Christianese. I was just having lunch with a friend of mine the other day and we were both talking about, man, how easy it would be to scam, you know, the Christians in America out of millions of dollars to support, you know, all kinds of stuff that we could come up with to scam the Christian community. And uh, we were talking about that because uh, the people he were involved with in the States just got scammed in another country. And uh, <laughs> I, I was kind of with him through that whole scam procedure and, uh, you know, so we marvel sometimes at how easily the Christians can be scammed out of their money. And uh, believe me, if I wanted to make money in this deal, yeah, it would be probably the easiest money I've ever made. But because that is not my goal, uh, I don't want your money. I just want you. And, you know, I just want you to grow in God. That's it. That's, that's my whole deal. You know, some plant, some water. But God gives the increase. So all the glory goes to God. It's not him who plants or him who waters that are anything. Anything. Okay? The planters are nothing. The waters are nothing. Only God, because only God can give the increase. So quit following celebrity preachers and, you know, all these mini stars and the light shows and all this crazy stuff, you know. Don't. Yeah, it's all Twilight Zone stuff. You know, it's that's all nonsense. And... You know, all it's doing is slowing down the discipleship progress of people that need to be brought into maturity of their faith. 
you know, it doesn't come through entertainment. It doesn't come through all this crazy stuff that, you know, I played the Twilight Zone intro because somewhere along the line, folks, we have officially entered the Twilight Zone. You know, it's another dimension. I don't know what these people are talking about. I don't know what they're preaching about. It's not in my Bible. And if it's not in my Bible, guess what? Paul said, stay away from them. So it's not that I don't love them and want to see them, you know, grow in Christ. It's that I don't want to listen to that stuff and <laughs> let alone follow it. You know, when I was a kid, it's funny sometimes when we're kids, we tend to just naturally do what what we're naturally called to do. And and I, I don't know, I always loved to water stuff. And I'd go out after the sunset and I'd turn on the hose and I'd just spray the whole lawn and a couple apple trees and the bushes and man, I just love to water things, you know, just to keep them watered so they could grow. And my mom, you know, she'd plant a big garden and I'd go out and water that garden all the time. And sometimes she'd have to tell me, man, quit watering. You get too much water, you know. But uh, anyway, as a kid, I just loved to water stuff. See things grow. So the word of the hour here is, as I was thinking this morning after I listened to this thing about this crash and the scam of these uh, mini stars, you know, and how it just didn't have to happen. If there would have been, if there was just this one thing available and the one thing available is, uh, is discernment. discernment and I need to discern what is wrong with this <laughs> I got a little interruption in the internet here it's uh that I need to discern the word is discernment you know and that's and that's be, discerning just means to be able to tell the difference between something that's right and wrong or good or bad or, you know, to discern, to understand, to figure out, to see through a deception, to see through what is not real. If I'm out in the desert and I see in the distance what looks like a large body of water, I have to discern, is that an illusion or is that a real body of water? Because I need water, but am I just seeing things, you know, is this an illusion? just from the heat rising up off the sand? Or is that a real lake? You know, I need to discern. Because if I don't discern right, and I go running off towards this lake, and when I get there, it's just more sand, 
then I'm in trouble because now I need water even more, but I just went after an illusion. And now I'm in a place called delusion. That's where you believe an illusion. And that's where these people get in trouble. What is born of the flesh is flesh. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. And in between those two is a place called discernment. And each one of us have to discern. Is this flesh or is this spirit? Is this Ishmael or is this Isaac? Because Ishmael has a whole category of things underneath him. Isaac, the promise, has a whole list of attributes and things that follow under him. And one is on the spirit side and one is on the flesh side. And depending on how we discern is the result of do we go with Ishmael or do we go with Isaac? But there's a place called discernment in between flesh and spirit. And every believer has to, for themselves, discern which one it is, which way to go, because they both have results. So what is truth? The Bible says, thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. That word is the word of God. You see, all the religions in the world talk about life. They talk about the way. They talk about truth. But nobody in any religion ever said, including the Christian religion, of which Jesus didn't start, or is really, you know, a part of, or can be, you can, in other words, you can't put Jesus and Christianity in the same, in the same box, in the same place, because Christianity is a religion. Jesus is the kingdom of God completely outside of that realm. So nobody in any religion on the planet ever said that they were the truth. They just talk about truth. They never said they were the truth. They talk about life, but they never said they are the life. They talk about different ways, but they never said they are the way. They personally. Only Jesus ever said in all of human history, I am. Moses said, 
what do, what do I tell Pharaoh who sent me? God said, tell him I am that I am sent you. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And then he said he would send the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into all of the truth, all of the reality. Truth is reality. Well, the whole world now is trying to escape reality. Everything they want to do is to escape reality. They want to do virtual reality, augmented reality. You know, everything is fake reality, not real. They can't handle the real world, so they can't handle the truth. That's why they're looking to escape the truth and live in a virtual world that they created. They're creating their own world. They're, they're their own God. And they're creating their world. And their world is virtual. It's augmented. It's fake. But because they can create it any way they want it, that's where they want to live. They want to live in the metaverse instead of the Bible verse. They want to live in the twilight zone instead of the truth zone. And that's what they're doing. They're creating their own world. Creating. They are their own God. So there's one who can lead us into all of the reality, into all of the truth of Christ. That's the Holy Spirit that Jesus said he was sending, that he would be with us, our, our guide to lead us. You see, a lot of people talk about the purpose-driven life, but you see, the Holy Spirit leads. He doesn't drive. So is it purpose-driven or spirit-led? I'll go with spirit-led. The goat herders drive the sheep, or drive the goats, from behind. You see the goat herders in Israel, and they're behind the goats. Hitting them and driving them and shouting at them. And... But the shepherds, they go in front of the sheep and they lead the sheep into pasture. This purpose thing we have to be very careful of because purpose is extremely powerful force. And I remember the day that in my wanderings early on, 
in God. And I realized one day, oh, I know what my problem is. I don't have any purpose. I don't have any purpose. I feel like an asteroid just floating through space. I have no purpose. And I latched on to purpose. And it became a very powerful thing in my life. But thank God, you know, the Holy Spirit got through to me about praying in the Spirit so that he could pray for me the perfect will of God instead of me just running off into some of my own dreams and my own purposes. And so I was able to actually allow the Holy Spirit to pray through me that perfect will of God so that then I would go according to his purpose because it says all things work together for good but, you know, people love to use this verse and, and they always say, you know, I mean, whatever the circumstances, they'll, they'll go, well, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. No, they don't. <laughs> There's a qualifier in this verse, folks. It says all things work together for good to those. To those. Not, not them, to those. Those specific people right there. All things work together for them, those. Well, what about all of those over there? Well, all things don't work together for good for them. Why? Because it says all things work together for good for those who love God, number one, number two, and are called according to his purpose, God's purpose, called according to God's purpose. So what if these people, what if they love God, but they're running around trying to fulfill their own purpose? Well, then things don't work together for good to them. Why? Because they're not fulfilling the qualifications of the verse. They're running around trying to fulfill their own purpose because they didn't take the time to pray out God's purpose in their life that is in their spirit man on the inside of them that has the capacity and the DNA in it for that God-given purpose to grow up into its fullness with provision, with power, and direction to complete it in their lifetime. So most people, they don't allow that DNA part of their spirit man for God to touch that part and allow it to grow up. And so they never even find out what God's purpose in their life was, let alone fulfill it. So they live their whole life and die powerless, directionless, purposeless. Well, 
discernment. And that leads me to just two kinds of people that church is made up of. Some of them are hungry and will not take anything less than all of God that they can possibly contain in that new man that was created on the inside of them with the DNA of destiny now activated. Then there's the other kind of people who are just satisfied to eat what they're eating, to drink what they're drinking. And since they can't overcome the flesh in these areas that need to be overcome to spend time in prayer and private worship and time in the Word and fellowship with God, they just stop. And their growth is stunted and they just end up sailing around in circles in that little harbor for the rest of their lives. And it's very, very, very sad. But discernment and hunger drives the hungry on. When you're hungry, believe me, you're, you're going to look for something to eat. And if you're eating something that's not satisfying, if you're drinking something that's not satisfying, well, you're going to keep looking until you find something better to eat, something better to drink, something that will begin to satisfy your hunger and thirst. And I don't know what it is in people where they quit being hungry and they're just satisfied with the status quo, which means the mess we're in. They just become satisfied with the mess we're in and, and they don't take what it takes to move on. And so they just, they just stay there. They just stay there. And I don't know, you know, I've tried to talk to people and convince them and, you know, kick them in the butt and, and <laughs> everything I could think of to get people to move, you know. And they, very few, very few ever do. And they just dig the rut deeper every day. And, that, and that's all it is. It's a grave. All a grave is, is a rut with both ends kicked out. That's what a rut is. It's a grave with both ends kicked out. That's a rut. They get in a rut, and they can't get out of it. The Oregon Trail, when they came from the East Coast to the West Coast, after many years of these wagon trains going on these routes, these wagon wheels dug ruts into the ground. And so you just put that wagon, wagon wheels in the ruts and let the horses pull, and you could go in the, the back of the wagon and go to sleep. 
because the wagon wheels can't get out of the ruts and they're just going to go down that trail where everybody else is gone as long as you let them go. So all I can do is, is water, just water. I just put water on and uh, only God can, can make it grow. So I think that's uh, probably enough for, for this episode, this edition. Well, this is Larry, Acts 29 today. Thank you for tuning in, and I will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.